how can I not become the best in the world? What if everything that I did was being videoed by someone and being broadcasted to the world? And they knew that I wanted to be X player. They knew that I wanted to be the best player in the world. What would they be thinking? Would they be thinking, oh, he's doing the right thing? Or would they be thinking that he's doing the wrong thing? Dude, now what would Ronaldo do in this situation? What would Kobe Bryant do in this situation? Hmm, think about that. It's not just going to the gym. It's not just getting stronger. It's not just doing the ball work. It's not doing the goalkeeping work. It's also mental. It's something that a lot of people don't actually do. Show off, work hard, and listen. Tailoring every single moment to benefit that end desired goal. Those, those setbacks, they mean nothing to me. But I know I can get there. If it's not this path, it'll be another. And if it's not that path, I'll make another. I can get there. I can get there. It's truly that simple. I can get there. These challenges mean nothing to me. And that's a better belief. Even if I can't get there, I'm doing everything I can to get there. And if at the end of the day I can't, well, at least I know that I've done everything I can. The Relentless Series, taken by the Sculpted Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Sculpted Podcast. In this episode, we are going through chapter three of Relentless, which is when you're a cleaner, you keep pushing yourself harder when everyone else has had enough, which is rule number one out of 13. Even though there are 13 rules, they are all labeled number one. If we go look through all of the rules, they should be labeled number one. Here, number one. Here, number one. Every single rule as is as important as the next. So rather than being one, two, three, where people would think it's categorized in level of importance, Tim Grover likes to categorize everything as number one because they're all as important as each other. Anyways, with that being said, we're going to get into the first page. And just so you also know, I mean, it's pretty evident that I am, yeah, not in the same place as usual. I am at my house in Australia and yeah it's quite nice got a good setup so we will get into it so the first page keep pushing yourself harder when everyone else has had enough immediately I've said I do this really well I think that you have to be cleaner to understand what it is but there's something about when everyone else is like giving up and stopping or slowing down you just do you just for me what it is is it's an adrenaline rush to just do more i i can't explain it to you guys but if you know you know exactly what i'm talking about you just do it well i, I think the best uh example for footballers for me example when i'm doing running with the team i always try and come in the top five or the first or first in the fitness tests because I just, one, I am probably fitter than most field players. And two, I just have this ability to just go a little bit more than anyone else or just push more frequently and just get 
get over the finish line faster than anyone else should because I have that in my head. I just, I keep going when everyone else has had enough. That's essentially what it is. You live by or won't be in that world for long. Those who don't know, don't talk. I don't talk. I guess it's kind of just relating to having the results kind of just talk for themselves rather than you, you know, going over all of your your accomplishments and achievements. You just, you don't talk too much. You let, you let your results do the talking. All right. The next page. So I've written on the side. Every moment of your day should influence your end goal. That's uh, got to do with the environment and the Im- like the influences you have around you. And the Kobe Bryant quote that I, I always talk about. That I have doing everything with 100%, which is, again, the conviction thing. So it's interesting seeing my thoughts and, you know, how I was thinking back then to, you know, what I'm saying now. And these thoughts that I've written out were early, early days of me actually having this mentality. So it's interesting seeing that progression. You train like a pro by committing to work at the highest level of intensity every moment in everything you do, constantly working on your body, your skills, your preparation, leaving no detail to chance. It's not something you can do for 30 minutes in the morning, then head to work or school or wherever you are, or wherever your other obligations take you. That's very, very, very powerful. Uh, I think that that like short sentence alone really does sum up my attitude and I think that if you don't have the attitude, then you can't really expect to get the results that you want. I think that's simple. You, you can't expect to get the results of which you want or excel beyond them if you don't have that attitude. But you can take an elite athlete's mentality and use it to succeed at whatever you do. That's very, very true. So if you want to do it in business, if you want to do what, whatever you want in life, if you have that mentality that sport brings you, you are able to translate into different areas. And I think that's actually a really good point that you know, sports can really translate to life lessons and it does really well, which is why I guess for me, whether I stay in football, whether I don't, obviously I really want to, this is what I've committed my life to so far, but let's say an injury takes me out of the game, which happens. Uh, I think that I could take this attitude to any other area of life, whether it's business, whether it's another sport, I'm not too sure, but I feel like I could do whatever I'm doing right now, the best of my ability and in, in another area very very easily eventually we get around to paying some pre uh perihelial attention to mental conditioning that's a big word so what i've written is mental training is another session in my day so i think i said it before in a podcast actually my training sessions aren't just physical it's not just going to the gym it's not just getting stronger it's not just doing the ball work it's not doing the goalkeeping work it's also mental something that a lot of people don't actually do. I also have the work that I do with my analysis. I I don't leave anything up to chance. I don't leave stones unturned. That's the smallest part of what you have to do. Physical ability can take you only so far. That's That's exactly what I just said, basically, in my own words. You can't commit to excellence until your mind is ready to take you there. Teach the mind to train the body. Teach the mind to train the body interesting so you have to teach your mind first to train your body now that might make no sense to you but to me that makes a lot of sense i'll leave it at that actually because again if you know what i'm talking about if you can relate to it you know but if you don't know 
you have to you have to experiment you have to you have to read this book more you have to implement these things into your life more then you start to relate to this but the people who read this book typically i'd say the mo- let's say the majority of people who read this book won't be able to relate to what it says but the few people who do they know what it's talking about they know the interpretation they can relate it to certain things and just for the people who can't relate to certain things i'll show you how that can relate to me so if i am in training and i'm doing the same thing over and over again and i'm not seeing results what i know from the mental work that i do being self-aware and getting better and improving is the same process that i have in every other area of life that i can take into training as well So you train your brain to habitually think and assess and evaluate in every situation that is correct to where you want to go. And that's implemented into your training regime. Now, if you don't have that approach where it's the other way around, yes, you will be left behind to a degree. But if you are able to do it early on and you're able to, let's say, flip the switch where you're going, the mental work first to train your brain to then go the physical you'll be able to grow a lot faster than the people who have done it the inverse. The next thing, you can't commit to excellence until your mind is ready to take you there. Teach the mind to train. I've just repeated the same thing. My bad. Uh, Get your result, get your mind strong so your body can follow. It's the same thing. The true measure of an individual is determined by what you can't measure. Mental strength, can't really measure it. I think that's uh, very true. Of course, you have to have the physical stuff. Though. You do have to have the physical stuff. But the, the separation between, you know, the top and I wouldn't say the bottom because at the bottom, it's a lot of innate and raw ability. Uh, but let's say the mediocre, the, the middle of the crowd and the top, it can be quite often the attitude and the mind and the strength and the, and the, the mental strength, I guess. Okay. You can't measure commitment, persistence, or the instinctive power of the muscle in your chest, your heart. Yeah. You can't measure the ticker. That's something um something that I think I have I got a good I got a good heart in terms of where I want to go. You know, I'm gonna be working harder than anyone else. I'm gonna be doing more than anyone else. I want it more than anyone else. I'm doing I'm actually taking the actions to show that I want it more than anyone else. No one really moves over it overseas to just chase their goals like I did if they get the transfer they go sure you'd be dumb not to but I did it the other way around I went to get a transfer I was by myself for six months doing nothing you know obviously I was doing something but like not in terms of getting a transfer I didn't get that people go when they get the opportunity but for me the other way around I went to get the opportunity all right it's my name on the on the work we do together and it's your name on the jersey. That better mean as much as you, as much to you as it does to me. So it's your brand. What do you want to be known as? So everything you do, whether it's the way you introduce yourself to someone, the way you leave a room, the way you present yourself, the way you do anything, is how people will judge you. And you you have to think about it on a very micro level. Every interaction you have is going to shape that person's perception of you. Now, that sucks, but also you can use that to benefit you as well. So if I was to if I was to go meet someone that I wanted a very good relationship with, I want to tailor every single encounter that I have with that person to benefit me and to benefit our relationship. 
So it's not looking like a dag. It's not looking um, incomplete. It's not acting incomplete. You know, you have good manners. You've got uh, good eye contact. You're very polite. You you ask about them. You know, it's not just about me and how I'm doing X. It's you're asking about them. You're asking all these different things because you want that relationship to be good. So you're tailoring every single moment to benefit that end desired goal, if that makes sense. All right. Oh, and on that, your brand, you are your brand, right? So whatever you do, you must stand by. And you have to be accountable for whatever you do and say because no one else is making the decisions about you at the end of the day. So therefore, take accountability for everything that comes out of your mouth, everything that you put in your mouth, everything that you do, everything that you watch. Everything is your fault. And if it's not directly your fault, you had influence over it. And if you didn't have influence over it, then you can influence the next thing and how you react. You have to ask whether you can handle it. Sorry, I've forgotten if. If you have to ask whether you can handle it, you can't. That's pretty simple. If you have those doubts in your head saying that you can't, that like, can I do this? Can I do that? Now, obviously, those doubts are normal. But if it's such a big thing, if you have those small doubts, if you don't go with 100% conviction. Now, okay, the small doubts, sure, everyone will have them. Michael Jordan has them. Kobe Bryant had them. But the 100% conviction of you going with it, if you genuinely believe that you can't do it or you're not sure if you can, then I would say you probably can't. And whether you can or you can't, genuinely, if you believe that you can't for the tiniest of seconds, and you don't completely reevaluate and convince yourself that you can, then you can't. Move on to the next thing or actually fix that. I have a lot of notes on this page, to be honest, and I'm not completely sure. A lot of my notes that I make are like out of context because I, I don't, it's, it's kind of hard to write on a page and refer to a line when you're using the whole page. So I don't really know what I've written here. Um, I'll just go through my highlighted things. Show up, work hard, listen. Those are the three things that Tim Grover demands. Simple. If you can do those three things, you'll get anywhere in life. Show up, work hard, and listen. Why would you show up? Okay. When people say showing up is half the battle, that's not true. Showing up is the easiest battle. <laughs> like, it's very, very easy to show up. Work hard. Okay. Honestly, I think that listen could be before work hard because anyone can work hard. You know, I've, I've, I've given you the not analogy, but I've given you the anecdote of the Mona Lisa thing, right? Anyone can work hard. I can, I can work hard scrolling Instagram all day. I can be as dedicated as possible to scrolling Instagram all day, but I have to know what I'm doing, right? I know how, if I listen first, then I'll know that, okay, that's not the best thing. If I want to become a professional footballer, scrolling Instagram all day and working really hard at that, having a dedicated routine to scrolling Instagram all day, that's not going to do anything for me. So you've got to listen first then work hard, then you've got to listen again. Where can you improve? Where can I get better? Where can I refine my skills? I expect you to do the same thing for yourself. I'm not going to work harder than you. Do for your... My English is horrible. I'm not going to work harder than you, than you do for your benefit. Show me you want it and I will give it to you. That's just Tim Grover's coaching philosophy, I guess. We have to do this my way. 20% physical and the rest is mental. Now that's crazy because people say that the mental is 50-50 or 
the mental's not even like maybe some people say the mental is 20 percent interesting now i think that my perception of my split you could say of mental and physical i think that i've got to a point where my brain is just so pre-wired to do so much mental work and behind the scenes and that that can hinder me in some areas don't get me wrong but also i feel like it has to hinder me in some areas because then i can know what's right or wrong so if i'm able to constantly refine and i can see okay that thought pattern's not good that I'm able to refine and realize, okay, well, what's the right way? And then I have my my evaluations, I have my processes of which I go through every week. And this keeps me sharp. This keeps me on top of things. And that's what's in the Sculpted Toolbox for you guys to do. Your body is a business you have to take care of. Your body is you. You don't get another body. So in that in that term, it's kind of just saying how you have to now, people use the the um, the um phrase, your body is your temple. Now, I mean, I don't really like that phrase, but I guess it's a good way of saying how important your body is to you. You only get one body, you have to take care of it. Now, I'm, I'm guilty. I'm not the best at taking care of my body. I, I really care about the recovery, but I've got a lot of problems with my nutrition. And that's something that I'm working on. But it's the intention behind it is 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 very, very important. And my intention is only good for my body. But I haven't got that right guidance. I haven't got that. I haven't got that utility. I, I might not have the financial means to really hone in on it with my attitude. Um, so yeah, it's the intention should be positive, but you can't just leave it at that. You have to be working on it constantly and and seeking the right people, always trying to improve. What you and I do together is a profession is professional, not personal, and that's very very important. And I've gone on this before how taking the emotion out of different scenarios where it's purely business, it's purely professional. You know, you have to take the emotion out of things. Kobe wants to be a part of the figuring out what we have to do together. Okay, that I, again. Kobe wants to be part of figuring out what we have to do together. So this is referring to the differences between Kobe and Michael, what Tim Grover talks about. And I, I see myself relating to Kobe a bit more because I think Kobe was a very talented individual, don't get me wrong, but I see him as a more dedicated and uh, disciplined worker than Michael. And that's because I think that Michael had a bit more innate talent in that term. Now, I don't really throw the word talent around because I don't truly believe in it, but it's the only word of which I can uh, translate to you guys what would make sense if that makes sense oh went back and forth there um but yeah so i think that kobe is a bit more like me now i don't know what kobe was like when he was younger i can only um you know kind of speak for the stuff that i've seen on him in in recent times but i think that i was uh more more like kobe rather rather than michael okay let me do what i do now, that's something I actually would struggle with if I was to ever work with Tim Grover. It's a it's a hurdle that I would have to get to get over in, in terms of I don't trust many people. Now, Tim Grover is the one person who I've told myself I would trust. But even I thought about it when reading the book again. I was thinking, would I even trust him? Could I actually let him be responsible for X, Y, and Z? Because when I put responsibility on someone else it's a true representation of me i really struggle with that 
And that's something that I have to come to terms with in terms of trusting Tim, right? And now I've thought about it many a times because I've said to my parents and my sister before that there's only one person who's going to tell me to stop and it's not you guys, it's Tim Grover. And for me, I was thinking about this, like if Tim Grover told me to stop, well, not, not stop, I mean slow down of what I'm doing. Tell me that what I'm doing is wrong. He is the only person who I'd listen to, but I thought about this. And I thought, would I even listen to him? I actually don't know. Like, it's crazy, but I would. I would have to get over that. And I would listen to him because he knows better than me. He's been working with the best in the world. But this was something that I struggled with, going back and forth, thinking in my head. Now, in, in theory, I was thinking, of course I'd listen to him. Of course I would. But then I thought about it. And I thought, would I really trust someone that much to dictate my future? And I was thinking, originally I was thinking, no, I wouldn't. Because I want... I, if, if, if I fail, I want to bear the responsibility for that because that's a representation of me. But if someone fails for me and I can put the blame on them, then that's, that's not a representation of me. And if it is, that's a very poor representation of me that I have to defer things under someone else. So for me, I want to take complete responsibility and accountability for things. But when it comes to Tim Grover with such, such an individual like that, you know, I'm happy for him to fail on my behalf because I can trust him. I don't trust many people. I'm not giving you options. <laughs> yeah, you have to just trust him. Show up, work hard and listen. Do the work. Every day you have to do something you don't want to do. I like that. I really like that. Challenge yourself. Push past the apathy of laziness and fear. Pretty soon you can't even get back the first thing. I do like the aspect of challenging yourself every day, getting out of your comfort zone every single day, doing something you don't want to do every day. Now, for me, you know, I hate training. I don't like doing that. That's a very easy thing for me to to make myself uncomfortable about. But there's other things. Like, even for me, when I'm thinking about it, I honestly should get out of my comfort zone more often. And I do get out of my comfort zone quite often. But I'm at a level where my comfort zone is so, so out of everyone else's comfort zone it's kind of hard to keep chasing the things that are out of comfort in terms of, you know, the most uncomfortable thing for someone to do would probably be move overseas by themselves, you know, get an apartment by themselves, live completely by themselves at a very young age. Well, I've already done that. And that was quite easy for me. So what's the next, the next best thing? Not the next best thing, but what's the next thing I could do to get out of my comfort zone? I kind of ticked them off. So for me, I do struggle with um, getting out of my comfort zone in terms of that because my comfort zone is so big. But I guess in that term, I'm kind of comfortable with being uncomfortable. So I don't mind that. I don't mind that I'm not always getting out of my comfort zone because my comfort zone is so uncomfortable. So in that term, yeah, I do it, but I could still do more. That's what I'm saying. You know, it's such a small, small detail, but that's what we're doing. That's what we're doing. You can't, if you want to be the top Top zero 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 one percent. You have to do the things that everyone else isn't doing. All right. You can't be the best, and you sure as hell can't call yourself relentless. Now, I think this is referring to the people who don't do those three things: the show up, work hard, and listen. So, if you don't do those three things, you can't be the best. You sure as hell can't call yourself relentless. Cleaners do the hardest things first just to show there are no tasks too big. I actually really like that. I really like training in the morning to just get it done with. And that kind of just sets the momentum for your day. 
I, I do really like that. That's um a big thing. They're always thinking about the destination, not the bumpy road that takes them there. They do whatever they have to do because they know it's necessary. You usually don't have to tell them twice. Now, I think that for me, I really focus on the journey and I know that whatever comes into my path, it's just literally when you envision a mountain range and you want to get to the, the end goal of finishing, let's say, all of the mountains. Now, you have to go up and down every single one of them and they come and they go, they come and they go and it'll be tough, you know. Maybe you get really tired towards the end, but that finish line's just there. And you're going up and down, up and down, and it gets boring, it gets tiring. You know, you, you want to quit. You don't want to keep going. But for me, I see that, and I see I see the end, and I'm like, I know I can get to that if I just go over the next one. If, if, it's, if it's not the next one, then it'll be the next one after that. And if it's not the next one after that, it'll be the next one after that. And I'm always I'm always focusing on the next thing. And, and whether it's, you know, a bad thing that happens to me or a good thing that happens to me, I always know that I'm not done yet. And I've got that, I've got that, uh, I wouldn't say it, that satiation in my path where I, I know that whatever happens to me, it's okay. It, it's, it's understanding that I have to go through this for me to be okay. Like these bumps aren't bad. These bumps aren't bad. You have, to, if I was to get over every single mountain, to get to the end result, I have to go to the top of, of, of the mountains, right? So it's not bad doing the ups and downs. It's not bad. It's just your reaction to them. And if, if you can get over them, you, you can get over the next. You can get over the next one. You can get over the next one. It's, it's not the end of the world. It's not the end of your career. It's not the end of your, your time at X club. You can get over the next one. It's, it, it's simple when you actually think about if you are able to get to your goal and you believe that so strongly and there's these, these challenges in your pathway, if you really believe you can get to that end goal, then those challenges mean nothing in, ter in terms of you actually having them hold you. They mean nothing. And to me, they, those, those setbacks, they mean nothing to me because I know I can get there. If it's not this path, there'll be another. And if it's not that path, I'll make another. I can get there. I can get there. It's truly that simple. I can get there. These challenges mean nothing to me. And that's a better belief. Even if I can't get there, I'm doing everything I can to get there. And if at the end of the day I can't, well, at least I know that I've done everything I can. They'll want to do it again. They'll say a second, the second time was the best. That's just relating to cleaners there. They'll want to do it again. Insatiated. Cooperation is mandatory. I'm telling you to crave the results so intensely that the work is irrelevant. Yeah. That's like with me in, in training. The work that I'm doing in training is irrelevant to the end goal in, in that in that aspect. So that's just a non-negotiable. I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do whatever you want me to do. You know, I'll do I'll do it and I'll do it better than anyone else. I'll do it more than anyone else, but that's irrelevant. That work is getting me towards the goal. Full stop. They're not satisfied. I'll push them until they exceed their goals. Exceed their goals. That's important. Anyone can do the job. Every detail. Get the slightest edge. Didn't want anyone else to get that edge. Anyone can do that job. Said this with uh, the fear coach, Drew. Anyone can do it. Anyone can do it. Every detail. 
I think that that's actually got to do with OCD, obsessive compulsive disorder. And this is why I believe that I have an eating disorder because I just care about the details too much. But that also really helps me in other areas. You know, we're not programmed to become in the top 0.001% of the world. So it comes with some negative repercussions. Like when we were, our ancestors were kicking about, you know, and they didn't have all these these resources and survival was the only thing that mattered to them. It wasn't, can I become the best human being on this earth? It's, can I actually survive? And the people who had the luxury of surviving effortlessly, they still weren't worrying about becoming the top 0.01%. That That's not even on their radar. That wasn't even comprehensible to them. But now because we have survival at such a, easy capability for my day-to-day life i don't have to worry about where my next meal is coming from i don't have to worry about you know a tiger eating me or a kangaroo boxing me up i'm i'm in a lovely house you know i've got food i've got somewhere to sleep i've got all of the resources available for me to survive therefore those survival mechanisms that would help me now hinder me because if i want to become in the 0.01 percent and I'm caring about every single detail, that I'm doing almost too much because at the end of the day, my innate instinct is to survive. But when that is taken care of, I've got I've got all these different places where my energy is going. And long story short, we're not programmed to care about these small details of every single nook and cranny. But when you want to be in that top 0.00001%, you have to care about those details. And that will come with negative repercussions, as I said. But you know what? The best deal with them. And that's like me. I'm, I'm trying to at least deal with my, my eating disorder. I'm trying to... I'm really trying to do whatever I can to the best of my ability. He didn't want anyone else to get that edge. Get that slightest edge. Now, that's just not leaving stones unturned. That's the zero point. of people doing that. You have to be comfortable being uncomfortable. I've already said that. Every time you think you can't, you have to do it anyway. That's big. That's big. I really, I think that's actually what first got me going into my momentum of training. I didn't want to do it, but the more I did it, the more I realized I could do it. You have to, you have to get out of your old way of thinking. And that comes through action. Only through action can you get out of the old way of thinking. Oh, all right. When your body is screaming and depleted and telling you no way, asshole, you work harder and tell yourself, do it now. You control your body. It does not control you. You invest in what you started, pushing yourself again and again beyond where you've already been. That's big. That's very big. I'm not standing over you to coax you back onto your feet with compassion and support. It's just truth at the end of the day. Tim's just going to tell you the truth. We always get back to work. There's no excuses. Yeah, the the the, the, the has, there can't be excuses because you always have to work. You always have to work, even if it's the wrong thing. Now you know it's the wrong thing, and then you work smarter, not harder. No, you work smarter and harder. Sorry. My goal is to make it so challenging in the gym that everything that happens outside the gym seems easy. Now my interpretation of that is not the gym in terms of weightlifting and things like that. It's, um, I believe that in basketball, they refer to even like the training ground as like the gym where it's just a hall, essentially. I feel like that's what I'd call it in Australia. When everyone else hits the panic button and looks at you, 
when everyone else hits the panic button and looks at you. Okay, I'm highlighting out of context stuff, but what's that? Just, well, what that is referring to is when people are not knowing what to do, they look at you because they just think that, okay, well, if I can't do it, he can do it. Or if I can't do it, well, he's got a better chance of doing it. That's, that's who the cleaners are. You'll just know and your body will follow. Yeah. Also, actually, I've got something here that's interesting. The question is, what is that limit? And I actually wrote, you don't actually know your limit. That's very true. I don't think that we actually really know our limits. We don't really push ourselves to that that, that limit. It's very interesting. It's got to do with the comfort zone. Not many people will explore out of their, their comfort zone, which could be, let's say, the 75% of their life. But that 25% truly is so much more than that 75% of which makes up their life to where... There's so much that's untapped. There's so much that's unexplored in someone's life. By the time they die, they don't even know outside of their 75%, which could have made up 99% of their life. If they really got out of their comfort zone, they could have realized all these beautiful things in life that no one really seeks to engage in because they just never did. They never they never seeked to, in, to push beyond their limit or to put themselves in an uncomfortable situation where they could have learned so much more, could have taken them down a different path. People stay in their comfort zones for their whole lives and it's actually a little bit sad. And even thinking about people just staying in their neighborhood for like their whole life, it's kind of crazy. They don't know anything but it. Can I push you beyond your limit and not break you? Are you willing to go there? Complete focus for complete results. Yeah, that's big. That's big. I always tell a player that when I return him to the game, he won't be the same as he was. He'll be better. He has to be better. That's really big. To be better from an injury or being away from the game, that's going to be very, very difficult to come back better than where you left because you're going to... It comes in mentally. That's where it comes in. It doesn't come through physical stuff. It, it might come through physical stuff in terms of where you've been injured, where it's... I don't know, maybe you fractured your wrist like I had previously. And you can come back better than you were because the only small injury being a wrist, you know, you're not completely out. You can still do stuff. But being better mentally, reevaluating, seeing where you're at and pushing beyond it. Not many people do that. Not many people do that. I, I, I'll tell you what I do. Whenever I get injured, I come back better. I think it's a, a testament to when I got a fractured wrist at Sydney FC and then we go into lockdown and then I signed with MacArthur Bulls and then I'm training with the A-League team the first team I came back better I always tell oh I just read that that fear component is a powerful obstacle yeah I think what, what he means by a powerful obstacle is it's once you get over that fear you really can get over anything because at that point, the fear, you've realized that fear is purely a, it's purely a barrier that exists in your head that you've made up. So if you're able to make up things that can hinder you, you can make up things that help you. Like Michael Jordan does when, did, when he needed a bit more. He made up stories about people saying that they said this or doing outrageous things that would make him just push a little bit harder because he, he just convinced himself and and that's crazy but you if you are able to get over the fear and you've realized that that's a barrier that you're putting yourself that only exists in your head and your head only 
you're able to make things benefit you. And now I'm saying this in only awareness of other people's situations. Now, I, I'll be 100% honest, I still play with fear. I'm, it's something that I'm still working on. But I know that if I can get over this fear, I can then program my mind to actually benefit me in situations. And now that you've listened to that, you'll know that if you're able to get over that fear, you can program yourself to actually benefit you in situations rather than hinder you. So that's very important. Now they're afraid of their own bodies. It's one of the biggest obstacles to recover. They no longer want to move. And when you're an athlete who doesn't want to move, you lose your hunger and focus, especially when there's a guaranteed contract with your name on it. Remember, when you were a kid and an injury might have meant losing your spot on the team, you fought like hell to come back into action. You'd throw some dirt on it and get back into the game. Not the case at the pro level, but only the individual's knows whether he's ready. I don't care what an x-ray or MRI says. If he's not mentally ready, he's not ready. Now, what that's saying is... Now, now Tim isn't talking about your cleaners here. The cleaners, no. The cleaners are aware of this. But the people who just see, oh, okay, I'm still getting paid whilst I'm injured. I've still got that, that contract. I've still got this. They're just taking it for granted. They don't have that hunger. They don't have that, you know, they don't have that dog in them. I don't even know why I said that. That's really cringy. But still, it's it's the right way of saying it in, in a way. But you have to have that that, that raw kind of, and I'm, I don't, I'm not going to use the word passion and I'm not going to use the word drive, but you have to just see it as this is what I'm dealt with. Yes, I've got that contract at the end. So I'm guaranteed to be okay. But what would the mediocre person do? And what would the best in the world do? And you think about what the mediocre person would do. And you think, is that the path that I really want to go down? Yeah, I've got the contract. Yeah, I'm injured. But what would the best in the world do? What would what would I do if someone was videoing everything that I was doing right now? Every decision that I made. Everything that I did. Everything that I watched. What if everything that I did was being videoed by someone and being broadcasted to the world? And they knew that I wanted to be X player. They knew that I wanted to be the best player in the world. What would they be thinking? Would they be thinking, oh, he's doing the right thing? Or would they be thinking that he's doing the wrong thing? And if you approach it with that attitude and you're thinking... Okay, well, I don't want to do what the mediocre person is doing because that's not the right way of doing it. And if people are watching everything that I do, then I have to do, I have to do what the best are doing. What would the best do? Now, what would Ronaldo do in this situation? What would Kobe Bryant do in this situation? What would LeBron do in this situation? Hmm. Think about that. And now you don't know what they do in that situation because you, you don't have them at your disposable access. But what you can do is you can evaluate and you can you can come up with ideas of what they might do in that situation. You give that a go. Now, it might not work. But now you know that doesn't work. So you, you try something else. And maybe that doesn't work again. So you try something else. And maybe that time it works. Go for it. Use that. Now you know that works. Use it again. Now that stops working. Try something else. You're probably in a better place to get it right the next time if you've done it before. If you've got it right before. What would the best in the world do? Small moves to rebuild your confidence. That's referring to, you know, you might have made a mistake in a game. How do you get that confidence back? It's through doing small things. Making your first pass simple. 
getting that correct, the right technique, the right ball speed, everything. Just the small details, get that right. Build up. The flywheel effect. Momentum. Comfortable makes you good when we're going for unstoppable. Comfortable, comfortable, comfortable doesn't make you unstoppable. If I allow you to get there at your own pace, we're never going to get there. That's funny. I, I do agree with that. Okay, a note that I wrote down was just because you have security for your spot, it doesn't mean you're safe. Someone is always working harder than you are. That's actually a good point even in that. So that's something where I think, okay, well, I'm, I'm working harder than a lot of people right now. A lot of people are probably complacent. If I'm going to be working harder than every single person, how could I not get to the top? How could I not get to the top? If I'm doing more than anyone else and people are being more complacent, people aren't... People are putting in the work that I'm doing. Eventually, the cream rises. And if I'm doing everything I can in my power, then how can I not? How can I not become the best in the world? How can I not? I'm doing all the work. I'm doing more than anyone else. How can I not get to the top? And if you're not doing more than anyone else, how can you expect to get to the top? Like, if you're not doing everything you can, how can you expect that? It doesn't really make sense. Whether you're a pro athlete or a guy running a business or driving a truck or going to school, it's simple. Ask yourself where you are now and where you want to be instead. Ask yourself what you're willing to do to get there. Then make a plan to get there. Act on it. There's no shortcuts. Act on it. Make that plan. This comes through self-awareness. Now, through my processes that I have, I have these. Every, every two days where you're going through self-evaluation, self-assessment and then action plans to do so very very important now this this process for you might not be even on a conscious level it might not even be on a subconscious level for you but because i've done it consciously so many times it's just natural for me to subconsciously think about ways to get better every single day improve refine get better adjust improve improve refine adjust improve refine adjust how can i not get better if that's how i'm thinking okay I can't even read that. I think it says their future. Enough other people who take shortcuts and they may do things that are okay now, but the consequences will pay later. I don't really get that. I don't really get a few of my notes, to be honest. But I think what I'm saying is that people will take shortcuts and maybe they're okay in the moment, but you'll see those in, in life when you take shortcuts when you get to an extreme level, where you get to a level that's high enough, those those shortcuts will be exposed. Let's say my first touch was never good. Never good enough for the, the highest level. And I got away with that. I got away with it at a low level, a good level, and then, a, and then an even better level. But when I'm at the highest level, I wouldn't be able to get away with that. And that's what it's like in the Premier League. If you make a mistake, you'll be punished for that mistake. If I make that same mistake in a lower league, I won't be punished for it. But if you make it in the Premier League, you'll be punished for it. You will be punished for it to the max. And that may have been a shortcut that you skipped in your game. That goes in all areas of life. Okay. We'll go to the next page. Let's see what I've written on the side here. If I don't seek for fulfillment or go to the cupboard, it's the same thing. 
Yeah. Okay. I probably should have read the um. Okay, this is about you should. I should. I should have read the page first. Sorry. If you don't cheat, if you don't swipe a few fries off your buddy's plate or sneak a few beers at your cousin's wedding, you'll drop twenty pounds in the first three weeks. Okay, this is just referring to Tim Grover's like uh, weight loss method. Basically, what it does is like cut sugar out of the diet completely, and he knows if you've cheated because you'll fail. Like if you, it's it, it's it's quite simple. Uh, but in in practice, it's not very easy, obviously. Like most things. Okay. You want to screw this up? Do it somewhere else. You can't stay in your comfort zone and expect results. Don't be afraid to get uncomfortable. I love guys who want results so much they'll fire me to do more than this is supposed to. I feel like that would be me. I really do feel like that would be me. That's back to the trusting with Tim Grover. I don't even know if I could trust him, right? Well, I feel like I'd be doing more than he'd want me to just because... To a degree, I have to have some control. You know, like, if Tim was telling me, okay, you have to stop now, I'd say, either I'd say, okay, sure, and then I'd go do some extras whilst he's not watching, or I'd do a bit more whilst I'm at home, but I don't think I could really... It'd take me, it'd take me a bit of time, at least, to, to get Tim to really, really control me and to tell me to slow it down a little bit. That's how it should be, I think, though. Not easy, physically or mentally. It shows me whether his body can withstand the stress... Or if he's fearful about his ability to perform. Okay. That's a personal one. Um, Not like a personal deep one. It's just like I was afraid of something that I was doing at the gym at the time. With cleaners, there's no off switch. They're always on. That's got to do with the mental aspect where it's like I've just programmed myself to be so in tune with what I'm thinking of what my direction is where I want to go that it's like you're always on I don't see a problem with that either many people would though the last thing they're going to be allowed to do is walk onto that court okay that's irrelevant to what we're talking about cleaner in every way okay a cleaner in every way I see I don't I'm not even a cleaner in every way still but I'm working through it alright a ball then he stood under the basket and dunked 10 times off the healthy foot Dunk 10 times on one foot. The boot never touched the ground. Okay, this is referring to, I think, when someone, maybe Charles, wait, yeah, Charles Barkley when he got injured. I just wrote that he's broken in the head. And I think as a cleaner, you have to be broken in the head. That's what I can relate it to. Yeah, something has to be wrong in here. You know, you can't want to pursue something that's so impossible. Impossible. You have to be, you have to be, not not 100% in here. <laughs> I can tell everything about a guy within the first three days of working with him. I know everything I need to know. If he keeps showing up despite the pain and exhaustion, we're good to go. Get uncomfortable being... Get comfortable being uncomfortable. Or find another place to fail. Okay, now this is interesting. These are notes from a long time ago. And I've written, if I ever got the chance to work with Tim, I would challenge him. Be his, I guess you could say, slave, or that's the best word. But listen to everything that he says. Listen to everything that he says and do more. Be more. Give more. Create more. Recover more. What I'd want to do is confuse him. Why? Like, I want him to be thinking, why is he doing this? I told him to do that. In terms of, he's done, he's done more. I want to confuse Tim to think... 
why why is he trying to why is he trying to excel so much? That's what I want. Now I don't know if I could do that because Tim Groby is a sick individual in the head as well. But what I want to do is I want to exceed that in every way. I want to show the best of my ability and where I got the attitude from. That's what I'd want. Wow, that's actually the end of the chapter. So I guess in summary, now if we go back to just what the chapter's title even is, is you keep pushing yourself harder than when everyone else has had enough. If we're referring that to even the last thing that I've just talked about then, where I want to do more, I want I want to do more than even what Tim tells me to do. I want to keep pushing myself. And now Tim won't have enough, but he's he believes that that's the the extent of what my body is, of the level that I can give. Now he might be completely right, but what if he is wrong? And what if he thinks and sees that I think that he might be wrong? What if he sees that I want more, even if I can't give more? What if he sees that? Now, he might want me to stop in the end, and maybe I will stop in the end to adjust to the levels that he wants me to, because he knows what's right. But if he sees that, and he knows that I'm willing to do whatever he says, he knows that I'm willing to do more than what he says, he has that trust in me now. Now, I always say that phrase again, because it's a little bit cringy, but he knows that I've got that animal inside of me. He can see it. He can trust me. And when you've got that trust, that relationship will do very well. Very well. Anyways, guys, that is chapter three, kind of, but it's the first chapter on the Relentless Rules, so the Relentless 13, and yeah, we'll be going through the next one as you get into the zone, shut out everyone, everything else, and control the uncontrollable, that's the next chapter, and then, yeah, we just keep on going to the Relentless 13 until the very end, so actually... Yeah, we've just got, we've got a whole bunch of rules now to go through. Now, I guess it's not rules, but the Relentless 13 are kind of rules in themselves. So, that is that. Thank you guys for listening to this episode, and we'll see you in another two weeks. Thank you.